Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. More often than not, when people are confronted with their sin, there's a go-to defense for themselves. Something like this. We put up our hands and say, well, I'm not that bad. I try to be a good person. And we hear this in other things, too, as people will defend faithless friends, children, fathers, or any number of others. We'll often hear say, well, but he's, he's good. And because of this, then, it's hard for us to hear what Jesus says about himself today as good. Without in our minds wanting to twist things and have all that baggage and use it as a means that we can create a false view of Jesus in our minds. One where Jesus is just a nice guy who lets things go. And so that's why Jesus tells us who he truly is. Why he tells us what he truly does. He is good. Jesus is really good. And not just in some watered-down, emasculated way. And so the Lord said he would do exactly what Jesus did. In that Old Testament reading from Ezekiel today, we heard him say, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries And will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. And so the Lord promised he would do this. Because the shepherds of Israel, the kings, the religious leaders, the priests, they had failed. The shepherds the people were used to were no good shepherds. Instead, they went after false gods. They bowed down to the ways of the world around them, thinking those pastures of those other people look a lot greener than the pastures that God has given to us. And so God spoke. He spoke that he wouldn't let his people go unattended. No, he would take matters into his own hand, and he would shepherd them himself. So now then go to John's gospel and that reading that we have today, chapter 10, really all of this chapter. We just get a small snippet, these few short verses. But Jesus starts off by saying here in our reading today, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says he is good. And he uses this word that we so often pervert and mock God with in our attempts to justify ourselves. But you see, that's not what Jesus means. That's not what Jesus says. When Jesus says he's good, he uses it rightly. And he speaks the truth about himself. He indeed is the good shepherd. Not only that, but he explains what makes this the case. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He lays down his whole being, his whole person 
for the benefit of the sheep. So then of all those shepherds mentioned in the Bible, both named and unnamed, countless, thousands upon thousands, there are, no, there are many, only one can truly say, I am the good shepherd. And so the reason for this is seen in his dying. The serene and gentle image of a shepherd is not what makes Jesus the good shepherd. Rather, his title is claimed and owned and bore only through sacrifice. It's a title soaked in blood and death. Because the good shepherd knows what it's like to live among his sheep and for the wolf to come and him lay down his life and the wolf sink his teeth into his body rather than sink it into the body of the sheep. So while other people and things may appear to be good, what you need for everlasting life, what you need from a real shepherd is what Jesus and only he can give. The one who goes as your redeemer to buy you back into his fold by means of sacrifice. And so no one is good, really good. Jesus himself says that. We think about the rich man that comes up to him. No one is good except God alone. And so Jesus is God in the flesh. His whole life then is a life of goodness. You want to know what it means to be good, what truly is good? Look at Christ. That's what Peter says, that we have this example of him. His life is full of good thoughts, good actions, good works, good speech, good obedience to God. And not only in that, but in his dying for the sake of the world and on your behalf, you see that as good. What the world uses for evil, God uses for good. So that day on the cross, when he died, when he gave up his spirit and said, it is finished, it was a good day. Gee, we should call it Good Friday. Oh, we do. It's the day of your salvation. The day you were brought back to God. The day you were brought back into the sheepfold. So even now, he still is good as the words that he preaches through his under-shepherds are good words, and he rules and reigns his flock, the church, through his good means of grace. So why then does Jesus bring up about these hired hands? Well, he brings it up as a warning to show us then even how good he is as well in the midst of that. So contrast that then with what he talks about these hired hands, or these ones who are, are just there. They're there for many different reasons. And many people, maybe some of the sheep, call these guys, hey, well, he's a good shepherd, this hired hand to whiz, but Jesus says they're not. Their view of being a shepherd begins and ends with themselves or what others want them to be. They're, the, the, they're among the sheep for profit, power, glory, or whatever. And they like it when people enjoy and tell them that they are good, when they're best buds with the sheep amongst them. But really, it's all meaningless. So they attract many followers. They never offend people. We were talking the other day when the pastors, we get together and study Pastor Preuss, Pastor Lindegard, and I, that a famous theologian once said that a faithful pastor, a faithful shepherd, should preach the law, just in this case, using that as an example, the law in such a way that he will see the fruits that the people either get mad at themselves in their sin or they get mad at the guy preaching it. They get mad at you. And when you're being faithful to God's word, you know you're doing something right when they get mad in one way or the other. The reason is because a faithful shepherd is like a father. He cares for his sheep, even if he has to use that rod to smack them in place at times. He cares for people because they belong to the good shepherd. They know they're not his. They know that there is one to whom he has been given charge to take care of. 
But hired hands, they don't care for the sheep any more than really they don't care for the good shepherd. Otherwise, they would follow the good shepherd's word. They would go where the good shepherd leads. So it's really appropriate then that when this Sunday falls on the same Sunday as confirmation, it happened a few years ago. Um, it happens on, you know, there's many high festival days that we have uh, at the beginning of May, right? You have Good Shepherd Sunday, you have Cinco de Mayo is today, right? So have tacos, right? And then, uh, you know, if it's on May the 4th, then it's Star Wars Day. So all of those things, they all connect together, right? But it's what we see in those confirmation vows that Kayla's going to make in a few minutes and what we all made at our confirmations. It's nothing other than us confessing, saying back to God what he has revealed to us, that we are the sheep of the good shepherd. That which what has been given to us in our baptisms. We confess that his word is truly his word and not the words of men. Our good shepherd speaks. We call it the scriptures. We confess that the small catechism is a true explanation and summary of the Christian faith. Because we know that in this world, wolves will not sway us when they come around us with their lies. When they call evil good and good evil. Because we study the scriptures. We live it out as the small catechism has confessed it, as we have learned and come to know, and as we continue to come to know. We square everything that we hear with the Bible as it is confessed, then in the catechism and the Lutheran confessions. We know when a wolf speaks, it's not true. We know that it's not the voice of a good shepherd. And with all of this then, following the example of our good shepherd, we would sooner die. We would rather die from this world than forsake and fall away from this confession, this faith, this church, because we know our true shepherd who has laid down his own life for us. And we know that what he says is true. And so you are sheep. You're sheep who hear the voice of their shepherd. And no one is going to keep you from hearing Jesus. You confess that in your confirmation vows as well. Just notice when we go through the confirmation, right? Take seriously, remember your confirmation when we go through that every year. It's really not confusing. It's not that hard when you see it for what it is. Sheep hear the voice of their shepherd. Martin Luther in a small called articles talks about what is the church? He says, thank God a seven-year-old knows what the church of God is. Sheep who hear the voice of their shepherd. So don't hear the voice of the shepherd. Don't listen to what your Lord says. Then don't try to call yourself a sheep. Don't hear the word of God and live in repentance and faith. Don't receive his supper where he feeds you in this pasture. Then don't try to attach other things as good. Don't try to justify and say, well, I have faith and I have what the Lord gives. Because without the good of the good shepherd giving you what is good, there is no true and eternal goodness in your life. Instead, you have only sin, death, and the power of the devil. And they're all too willing to snatch you out of the flock. So your good shepherd speaks all of this to you. And he promises your true good in his pasture. He promises your protection in his flock. So even if the fallen world and all of its evils come after you, even if they kill you, the good shepherd still has called you out of death and into life and his nearer presence. And so Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must, I must bring them also, 
and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. So your Lord says that to all of you to this day. And you listen to his voice. And so his words then, as we sang before the reading, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. When your good shepherd speaks, he speaks that word which gives life. Those immediate verses just after our reading today ends with Jesus saying, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, we hear it as ascension, and he has laid down his life. He has laid down that good, that perfect, atoning life for you. But you see, why has he laid it down? So that he can take it up again on the third day. And so then the Father looks at you. He looks at the good shepherd. And the Father loves the good shepherd, and he loves you because of the good shepherd laying down his life for you. Because when we see God's law, we know that there is no good in us. And so God doesn't love you because you're good, rather... God loves you despite that. He loves you because of the one who truly is good. The one who died in your place, suffering the wages of your sin. The one who satisfies the wrath of God. The shepherd who was also the sacrificial lamb. So St. Peter then speaks these words which sum up so well who your Lord is and what you have. By the Holy Spirit he writes, For to you this has been call- you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So, dear Christians, thanks be to God this day that Jesus is the good shepherd. And that means he knows you just as he knows the Father. That intimate knowledge that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have of one another, that's the same thing that he has of you. Because you're the Lord's flock. You're the church. You are the sheep who hear the voice and feed on the pasture of his holy word and sacraments. And so though the wolf may come prowling about like a roaring lion seeking to devour you, though he may look at you with hungry eyes and licking his chomps thinking that, boy, that would be a tasty morsel to have, your shepherd has won the day. And though you often stray, the Lord calls you to repentance and brings you back with the word, your sin is forgiven. Because you see, only he can do this. Only he is good. And only he is good unto everlasting life toward you. What no joy then to know your king is your shepherd, who has laid down his life for you and taken it up again. And he always will be your shepherd in this life and even unto life everlasting. So even as you lay in your deathbed, the Lord shepherds you through the valley of the shadow of death. And the reason is because he has gone through that valley. He's been there. And he knows the way on the other side of the valley, which is the pastures of life. So hear and follow the good shepherd.
Fear no evil, for you are his and he is yours. And he is good. His words are good. His ways are good. His salvation is good. And he calls you into goodness and gives all of it to you. And that is truly good for you, now and forever. Alleluia, Christ is risen.